Dominic. Joey. What's the good word, brother? How much? How you doing? Happy New Year, Merry Christmas. 2020. Happy Super Bowl. Happy Super Bowl. Happy FanDuel. Happy New Beginnings. Happy Squares. Alright, well, let me welcome everybody to the Yes to Be Fantasy Football Season Wrap-Up Podcast. I'm your host, The Real Good At Me, and always joined by Joey Fantasy. Joey Fantasy Live here. Um, so let's just get right through it because we're going to try to keep this within 30 minutes. I know a lot of you guys are real busy uh, running companies, running through the woods, running through real estate. Going to Orlando else. for Sherman Williams contest. I mean, right. saving fires, rescuing babies, finding dildos in the classroom, whatever that's all about. Vibrators in your teacher chairs act like it's not yours. Stealing Oswald Insurance's client list. I mean, we're all busy. That We got it. We get it. Um, so I'm just going to go. Okay, this is a season wrap-up. So I'm going to start with, you know, big surprises, good or bad, whatever you want it to be. Uh, you know, I know I'm going to start off with the one that's probably most surprising for me is we finally saw Kiefer lose a trade in the ass. Uh, we all know the one we're talking about where Kiefer thought that Lamar Jackson was going to be a flash in the pan and he could move on from him. And, you know, Nick picked him up, made it happen. Uh, Nick wasn't a guy who was giving up on his team either. So, you know, good for Nick. We all know what happened there. He ended up winning the championship. Uh, you know, so I'd say that was probably one of the bigger shockers is Kiefer's streak of ripping people off in trades finally came back and bit him in the ass. I think it was the SEDs that finally got to him. And for those of you who are still new fantasy owners here, SEDs is software-enhancing drugs, uh, something that the league has has constantly brought up here in the past month or two, possibly some – some suspensions coming and possibly banning any software enhancing drug um, programs that are out there that we all know Mike's Mike uses. And uh, a guy here that's on the podcast uses them as well. And uh, we, we know how it both went for both of you this year. I mean, we gain no, no physical advantage. You know, we're just using the information out there given to us. Um, I so can that- advocate, I can advocate for the SEDs as, you know, Everybody's doing it. You're either gonna you're either gonna adapt or you're gonna fall behind, Joe. So is that like you know wearing microphones and and vibrators up at the battery yeah. box? I got a buzzer and, and guys in the dug, dugout banging pieces of equipment so you know what's coming. I mean, I mean, Colson's in on it. He wakes me up right at three o two every Tuesday morning, and I just scour that waiver wire because I already know it's happening. Colson gives me the signal. I just I'm just glad that. Uh, you know, it finally caught up to Mike. The SEDs, you know, stuck with him like STDs, and it bit him in the ass. You know, speaking of things that are going to stick with you like STDs, congratulations to Mike and uh, Catherine on their recent engagement. Uh, also, Paul, Christina, recently engaged. I just want to congratulate everybody. I mean, not everybody should be happy their whole lives. I mean, are you catching any trends here? I mean, Joey Fantasy comes out earlier in the spring before the season starts and throws – 
throws a curveball at everybody. And now I see fantasy owners proposing left and right. I mean, it's just, I'm a good judge of character. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there's uh, another fantasy owner here in the next few months that uh, is popping the big question. Hey, everybody's trying to get a ring one way or the other. So let's continue on. Who's your who's your least uh, surprise? I guess or your your most disappointing uh, season Uh, this year. My my biggest surprise on the bad side of that is Bob. You know, missing the playoffs with CMC and can't guard Mike is just unexcusable. I mean. If you have the number one running back by a long shot, the number one wide receiver by a long shot, I mean, if you check the SEDs, 90% of all teams that had CMC and Michael Thomas made the playoffs. And, I mean, here we are, the SWB Fantasy Football League. Chase doesn't even know how to show up to a draft. And, you know, Bob's down there fighting with Chase over who's going to do a calendar shoot. You think that's Bob's fault that – he had a lot of uh, misfortune and, and luck against him. You know, I think his points for were very high, if not in the top four or five, I want to say. So do you do you think that goes along with the disappointment or? I mean, yeah, you can, you can take some bad breaks. We all take them during the season. I mean, it just, you know that there's some games where he probably scored like 110 points and, you know, if 90 of them came off of those two guys, he just didn't put the cast around those guys. You know, okay. he, spent all, he spent all his money in the wrong places, is what it looks like. <clears throat> I mean, he had Kenyon Drake bail him out a few times. So, I mean, I just say, disappointing to see that kind of talent on a team go to waste just to see who's going to do the calendar shoot. Um, well, I'll go with mine. Uh, mine obviously is very similar to yours. My good anyways, with, uh, Nick November, congratulations again on winning. What is it? The 2019 fantasy football championship. I I think it's good because as you stated earlier on the podcast, Nick, you know, had a horrible start to the season. He never gave up. Um, he wasn't happy with his roster. He saw that he needed to make moves and the moves he made, uh, obviously were to his advantage and, he did his homework, whether he was on SEDs or not. It worked in his favor. He's, he stuck it out, and uh, he's a true champion now, and, and that's great. Um, the bad, the most disappointing for me was not Bobby Scott, but I've got two that I'm kind of torn with. I'm not sure. They're both probably at the bottom of my list. You guys probably know where I'm going with them. Chase McCune uh, <laughs> not showing up to the draft. Okay, he's got – a health issue, whatever. We understand. We all His have appendix those. burst. It burst. We get it. But yeah, we all know he's lying. Ammo he, knew it. He's he's coming back healthy. He's got a team he's not happy with, and he just completely gave up. And every week you were seeing Dom go get the coffee, coffee bitch. And I mean, if Chase would have spent a little bit more time, you know, doing some homework or using SEDs or just or just reading articles to, to better himself, kind of like Nick did here to prove himself that he was a champion this year. I mean, he could, he could have asked anybody other than Anthony for help too. Like, I mean, he could have turned, he would, I remember he made a statement to me before the draft, before his appendix blew that whatever happened, he didn't want to take Antonio Brown and he was pretty set on that. But here's the thing, the draft happened. Anthony Angelotta took 
Antonio Brown, which, okay, was a dumb thing in hindsight. He took a chance on him. But Chase had – he could have moved him in weeks one through three if he was so set on not drafting. I mean, they got, he could have got something in return. He you could know? have. Uh, but he chose not to. He sat back and was lackadaisical. And for that, it was uh, very disappointing, you know, as one of my best friends to see him just go down this path of a losing mentality the last few years. So um, he's down there. And, and another uh, friend of mine is uh, Ross. Ross, you know, was in a similar boat to Nick. And uh, rather than make moves or, or waiver yeah, wire he, work. He, he tried to make a move. Yeah, he, he tried, which was great. But once it failed, he gave up. I mean, he wasn't even setting his roster some weeks. It was, right. you know, we were sending him text messages before the noon hour on a Sunday. And he was still Trying to wake the guy up from the night before. I mean, I think he's maybe him and Chase both are still in the celebrity hangovers after winning their first rings. It's, it's tough for a lot of guys. And I hope Nick can take a lesson from this podcast that we're offering now to don't get trapped. I mean, he got one now, just don't fall into that big party with all those winnings. I mean, I've talked to some champions and they always say, what's, you know, what's your, what's the hardest one to win? They always say the next one. And that's, you know, that's what it is. It's always the next one's the hardest championship to win. Well, when I, I talk to you and Paul, it's usually the first one's the hardest. But Hey, the first one's not going to be hard. It's just going to happen. Hey, we did a study, though, like Andy Reid, right? Andy Reid. I mean, he was – The most I winningest mean, coach. Most winningest coach right with, without, without a ring. It was positive regression said Andy Reid was winning that Super Bowl, okay? Well, you've got 15 more years, and you should have one. I mean, you don't win 200 games and not win a Super Bowl. You don't win 60 – fantasy football games and not win a title this this podcast isn't here to to listen to your yeah i'm not here to give you guys the stats let's let's move on all right let's go all right so we wrapped up the season let's talk next year let's talk you know what kind of changes are we looking at what's everybody talking about uh you know we could start with i think a universal agreed upon change is making the flex available to be tight ends we're making tight ends available in the flex position. Uh, you know, Joe, as commissioner, you know, you you have a lot of say in that. Yeah, um, we, we should probably back it up just a hair. Like, as commissioner, you know, I want to promote the SWV Fantasy Football League. Um, it's a democracy. Uh, we're always changing and evolving to make the league better for the people and for the owners. Um, so, as always, uh, I'll give a direct shout-out to our new podcast, if you guys have, I shouldn't say new, it's newer. We've got about four or five episodes now. If you guys have any direction or new ideas or changes you would see, would like to see this league um, adopt to, you could always DM Dominic or myself. We'll make sure to give you guys shout outs on air. If you'd like to come on air and talk about one of your proposals, if it's legit, obviously we'll give you that window of opportunity so you could speak to all the fantasy owners. Um, but but rolling right into the first couple changes here, like Dominic said, um, not sure why this hasn't been enforced. It's been brought up every year, just for whatever reason, hasn't been able to get majority of the rulings uh, in favor of being able to use a tight end in the in the flex. Um, I honestly see this one as a no brainer. Um, yeah, I feel like I feel like we're behind the times on this one. Not sure how it, it, it managed not to get pushed through the last few years. I think it's just a few owners don't like to see change, and I get it. Um, but I, I do Snakes not see 2020. 
Yeah, I don't see why this one doesn't get pushed through. It, it does enhance the league, but uh, you never know. We still got to vote on it. You can't just push things through. Mm-hmm. I know Kiefer and Dom are constantly asking me to push trades through at, at Sunday right. at one o'clock. So, I mean, some of you guys, some of you guys thought Hillary was winning, but then people voted and he and she didn't. So it's you know, yeah. speak with your vo- speak with your voice. You're given. Let's let's talk to. The most anticipated change right now that's getting a lot of the talk and it's it's being um, pretty much promoted by yourself. So why don't you right. give us a quick rundown on why and I mean, what it is? I mean, I'm not going to use all my airtime to advocate for, you know, my proposed change. Uh, but, you know, I believe as a league, uh, we need to move towards the three wide receiver uh, standard standard starting lineup. Uh, you know, we'd, we'd take that position out of our bench spot. So benches, bench numbers would stay the same, you know, we'd still keep the, uh, the waiver wires. It'd still keep it 16. It would keep the waiver wires just as interesting, if not more interesting. Cause you know, now you're actually playing that guy. You're not like, um, oh, pick him up, throw him on my bench. Um, you know, and you know, a little bit of the numbers that, you know, would go back and support this is, you know, there's, you know, there's there's only about 15 running backs that you can start every week, and 32. Nobody's nobody's starting Caitlin Balage for Miami Dolphins as a starting running back in a fantasy team. You know, but you know maybe you, you want to start Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. You'd want to start Mike uh, Mike Evans and Godwin. I mean, there's you know there's two or three usable startable wide receivers on almost every team uh so i'm just you know it's a numbers game you know i'm not here to do all the math for everybody right now because we're trying to keep this a short podcast so i won't uh, bore you guys with all the numbers but i mean if you look into it FanDuel, DraftKings, uh all sorts of types of other fantasy football formats use this three wide receiver plus a fl- plus a flex position um, you know, to really kind of even out and, you know, and some people would say it separates people and some people would think it's easier. So it's really, you know, how you want to look at it. If you want to do your homework, if you don't want to do your homework, if you want to just keep voting no, cause you don't like your tight end and your flex, it's whatever, you know, I, all I can do is vote. Yeah. As I stated to you before, uh, this is one that right now without seeing the numbers and the statistics, I oppose it. Uh, I don't I think this is a personal vendetta change that you want to see because it lines up perfectly with you what your daily uh, activities um, with with fantasy football in general have with DraftKings and FanDuel adding that third receiver I think it makes it easier for league owners because now uh, you know what happened to you in this season you don't have to make a tough decision whether to start Cole Beasley or some of those uh, third third string or third tier receivers so um, right now I'm not, I'm, I'm going to be voting no, unless, um, there's some convincing PowerPoint presentations or, or numbers that, that show that this is a good move for fantasy owners. Like I said, you can look at it either way. That's it's, it's a preference. Um, like I said, I, I think I do enough homework throughout the week that, you know, I, I'm identifying more than two wide receivers that are playable and I should be able to show that in my lineup. But, you know, if you – Well, that's what the you, true flex is for. Yeah, but if you have – some people are blessed with a 
true third running back and some people aren't here. So, you know, you got to dig a little deeper. You got to find Anthony Miller. You got to find your Cole Beasley's. You know, I found those guys and I'm proud of it. But like I said, you can't always be like, yep, I'm benching Stefan Diggs for Cole Beasley. You can't do it. You play your studs, you know. I don't know. Was it Dave or Dean? Who's the guy that thought it'd be a good idea to sit Kenny Galladay for some scrub? I think that was Dean. Cost him 30 points. It's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. You play your studs. You know, we're not playing the millionaire matchmaker here. So all in all, we'll be anyways. Uh, we'll be hitting the, the third receiver vote here as we get closer into the 2020 season. Um, whether there's a presentation or not will be determined. If Don wants to put that together for everybody, or put a night where we all hop on um, a live, you know, chat like we did last year for Michael, uh, we'll leave that in the hands of Dominic, who is proposing that. Uh, again, if there's any other ideas or changes you'd like to see. Obviously, you've got the Snapchat group, the SWB Fantasy Football Snapchat group, or you could uh, DM myself or Dominic, and we'll get make sure we get them on air and make them public for you. All right. Uh, real quick, you know, I want to cut this. I want to keep this segment within 30 minutes. Um, let's just go over, you know, payout buy-ins. Or let's start with buy-ins. You know, there's also been some buzz. You know, we're at, we're at 100 bucks right now. Yep. Uh, you know. I personally, you know, this isn't something that I've talked with with other people too much. I've heard some chatter about it. I've heard people talking want they want like a grand. Uh, I'm not trying to get that crazy, but you know, this is going to be year nine, so you know, I'm not opposed to bumping it twenty five, fifty bucks. You know, I think that'd be a good, uh, good start. I mean, if it if it weeds some people out who feel like they're just throwing their money in the trash, you know, I, I hate to see you guys leave, but Love to watch you go. Yeah, I've, I've heard some rumblings as well, as much as a thousand. Obviously, that's probably not going to happen anytime in the near future. Um, yeah, we got weddings to pay for. This is a big year for wedding. The next couple of years, I'm assuming, will be big for weddings. Considering Vegas, baby. What, if three of us are married? Bob, me, and you? I think that's it. Yeah. So we got nine other guys to financially plan for here. Um, a lot of Vegas trips in the near future. So yeah, once you get married, your wife ain't going to let you drop all this money into gambling. Yeah. It might, <laughs> it, might it might be nice to see a little bump up, um, in the buy-in, you know, 50 to a hundred bucks more or something like that. And it don't, it doesn't make a difference if it stays at a hundred. I think most guys are, are not in it for the money. They're in it for the pride. Yeah. Speaking of which I heard the Mike and Nick split 50, 50. That was weak. They did. Speaking of splitting and, and dealing with the money, I, something I'd like to see next year come back into place is that third third place game. You know, going into the semis, if you, if you lose that game to a tough one and you had a good season all year, I, I think that the third and fourth place match should be playing for their money back. They should. I mean, I've, I've always advocated for, you know, third place got to mean something, at least enough to keep you to set your lineup and run a roster out there. I mean, you made it to the semifinals. You're one game away. You know, guys are down in the calendar shoot bracket fighting for their lives, you know, and here, this is how we're treating third and fourth. Like it's, an, you know. Yeah. Like I mean, it, game. like you said, you've got the two guys playing for the calendar shoot at the end of the year. You've got first and second playing. And if you add a third and fourth, like we've done every other year besides this past year, I mean, technically you've got six players. That's majority. If you ask me half the league playing for something in that last week mm-hmm. to entertain us. And that's what it's about. 
It's about the I mean, storyline. I'd make and it. I I even wouldn't oppose if we made it your money plus twenty five. Go get yourself something nice for dinner. Yeah, that that's good. That's a good kind heart there. You know, I mean, I mean, I've been in that third place matchup a few times. A couple of times it was for my money back, and a couple of times it meant nothing. And you know, we don't want to go through that whole. I'm dropping my whole team thing again. Oh. And speaking of dropping your team in waiver wire, another thing I forgot to mention. Uh, for possible changes, keep it on the back burner here. We'll be voting on it as the 2020 season approaches us, is the waiver wire. Uh, some guys uh, who are in Amos uh, League and in other leagues. Um, league? Amos League, yeah, I know. It's kind of almost obsolete now. Is it still standing? We don't know. We but, don't know. I haven't heard from the guy. I didn't even know who won it. But the waiver wire um, in that particular league was – kind of eye-opening and, and been discussed now by a few fantasy owners that possibly changing the waiver wire to an auction style. So that they call, they call, yeah. it, a fab, they call it a fab budget for those of you that uh, don't know anything about fantasy football. And it would be neat. I mean, cause honestly what it helps do, I mean, it makes you, it's, it adds more strategy to the game. If you ask me, I mean, if you have, you have a, you know, a receiver running back top player that gets hurt and you, and you don't have their backup and you're handcuffed, you can spend your budget on the on the waiver to grab him and save and salvage your season. Uh, but again, then you you lose that opportunity next time to to bid on other players. So it's it's like a silent auction almost, and um, it's something right. something we want to talk about and bring up next year before the season and starts. Say, you know, usually those do go hand in hand in uh, most leagues that are auction draft. That way, you can still value the players. Uh, personally, you know, so if you want to bet, if you want to, you know, bid, say 20, 30% of your budget on a guy one week, you know, you're going to have to, you know, stick with that. You're risking it. You know, you're not just picking up a player for one week and dropping them for free every week. So, you know, it is something different to think about. But uh, I'm ready to move on to the last topic. The last topic, my most favorite topic, for those of you that uh, have been keeping up with gambling and betting, uh, I've run the numbers. I have my way too early uh, predictions for next year, or my my favorite odds for next year. Uh, to win the championship? To, to win the championship. You know, and this is based on solely nothing other than my numbers in you my know. head that I made up. Are you going from twelve to one or one to twelve? Uh, actually, why don't I, I? I'll let you give me your first couple, and then I'll compare. Uh, you know, you want to give me your top three? You want me to give me my top three first? How about uh, I give you my top three. It don't matter. I'm pretty okay. readily available. Uh, my best odds for to win it next year. I mean, how can you not? The guy, the guy is a fantasy advocate. I'm gonna go with Mike Keever with the best odds. I, um, I I agree there. I got Mike at the top of my list here at uh, plus two hundred on the odds. Okay. Um, n- number two, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out of the limb here. I think this was an embarrassing year for this this particular owner, and uh, I'm gonna put him all the way up there. Uh, I'm gonna go with Ross. Wow. Mark that down. Well, we got we're gonna save this podcast, and we're gonna go back back to it. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm going to show some respect to the defending champ, and I'm going to put Nick there uh, on the backside, right behind Mike at uh, plus 350. 
Yep. And then I'm going to – the gap kind of widens here, you know, because nobody seemed able to repeat. But there are a couple guys that manage to always, you know, get into the playoffs, get that number one seed, score more points. So, you know, maybe this isn't the year that Chris just uh, gets his highest points and retires after week one of the playoffs. So Chris is going to be my number three at plus 500. Okay. Um, another guy who shows a lot of potential every year, Robbie, just behind him at plus 525. They're at fourth. Uh, Robbie makes playoffs just about every year. He's a three-time finalist and a one-time champ. So, you know, no disrespect. I'll, uh, I'll keep Robbie in my top four. Do you have a, you have a top four, top three, Joe, you want to put in there? Yeah, my three. I mean, obviously, I'll coattail off here. Number two, Nick being the fantasy owner. Um, I I didn't put him at the one or two strictly because we all know what happens after you win a ring. Usually, it's downhill. You're still partying and stuff, but uh, it would be a sweet story. It's downhill for a long time. So, I got Nick at the three. Um, I, I, as well, have Ammo right behind there. As the four, Ammo, if you look at the stats, stats don't lie. He's been very productive in every fantasy season um, as far as points for, and he's been able to do it while managing uh, a high points again. So I'm going to put Ammo there at the four. We'll see if uh, he takes the playoff serious one year or not. Okay. Um, you know, here now we're getting to the nitty-gritty here at, uh, at five. Uh, I'm not yeah, you're say, mid-tier. You know, I'm not going to call it bias, but I've got to – I've got a tie here with Paul and myself. Uh, you know, you've got two of the winningest owners, guys that have the most playoff appearances. Each have made it seven out of eight years. Um, I I know I've made the finals once, semis once or twice. I, I don't, I'm not 100% sure on Paul's record. I think he's had a little more playoff troubles than I have. Uh but again, he's a guy that always wins, always always gets to the playoffs, so he's always giving himself a chance to win. So not putting him in my top half would would not uh do justice. Yeah, I think I completely go against these two picks here, strictly because the stats don't lie. Stats don't lie, we get new one every year. Positive regression. How are you gonna fight that site? Positive that site, regression yeah. shows that Dom and Paul's <laughs> luck is going to run out. You can't possibly win every year while, ma- while managing to score 80 points every week. Um, I have both of you probably in the back of 10, 11, 12. Right. I mean, I guess, you know, in comparison, I have you and Ross here grouped up at uh, plus 700. Well, I uh, get to do my five and six. Hang on. Okay. Okay. I've got Dave at the five. I mean, here's a guy that's been solid the last three years. Um, he made a nice playoff push. Um, great owner the last few years. He's really starting to put it together. I know he was kind of shaky when he first uh, started with us in the league, but he's really turned it around. He's got his head on and he's motivated. Um, and then six, I put Rob. I mean, Rob, like you said, all all his uh, credentials that he has built up the last few years. It's just a matter of time before Rob finds himself back up there. All right. All right. Well, I, I can see where you're going with that. But uh like I said, for my for my seven and eight, you know, I'm putting Joe and Ross there uh collectively at plus seven hundred. Um I feel like they both you know they both they you know, you guys have both won before. Uh Joe, you 
I think you have like the second or third best playoff appearances. Well, third behind me and Paul. Um, Ross, he he's been on that downside. I, you know, like I said, I I think he can get back in the playoffs, but you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. You know, Ross really has to reevaluate his uh, his process from what he's been doing the last couple of years. And then uh, in my next grouping, uh, Dave and Dean, they're both at plus 800. You know, I wish I wish one of them would just separate themselves from the other. I mean, they both have D's in their name. I can never tell whose team's who. They both sound the same when I talk to them. Uh, you know, so they both got the same chance. You know, they draft next to each other. It's just. So those are your 9-10? That's my 9-10. My my seven and eight would be myself and Dean. Wow, you're bringing yourself that far down, Joe. That takes a big man. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be the sleeper. I like to be the sleeper because usually yeah. when I go into the playoffs with all the points. <laughs> you can't write like your own Ammo, Cinderella story. Usually when Ammo and I have all the points, when we go into playoffs, we get freaking booted by you know you know one of these lucky guys. Right. I want to be an underdog one year. That's how it's, it must be easy for you, Dom. Always being the underdog. I mean, I've won sixty plus games. I'm not an underdog. Yeah. Well, ESPN projections say you're an underdog every week. Right. Projections. Um. Okay. So what was that? Ten. That was my okay. seven and eight. And then you said your nine and ten were Dave and Dean. Dean. Yep. So my my nine and ten would be Chase and Bob. Okay. Collectively, um, in the same tier bracket for your your gambling purposes, um, Chase has a ring. I think it's a matter of time. He's been taking a lot of criticism the last six years. Um, this could be it for him. I mean, he could really man up here and put it together. And it's just a matter of time if Bob uh, can catch a little bit of luck when he produces those points that he ha- has the past few years. He's he's definitely championship caliber. All right, I've got I've got Bob here at the number eleven spot at plus nine hundred. Um, there is separation between him and Chase just because you know Chase's title was so long ago. He hasn't done much. He's only made the playoffs twice. So you know, there's I'm going to put a plus nine hundred for Bob at number eleven. Uh, my number twelve and thirteen guys. You know, just just stick with me here for a second. You know, I've got Sammy and Anthony at plus 1,000 and plus 1,100. <laughs> you know, there's, there's, there's a good chance that Chase never produces this calendar. So, you know, like any good odds maker, you know, those guys could be next in line to get into this league. I wouldn't make them the favorites, but I would put them as better chance than Chase. Okay. But I've got Chase at – I've got Chase in – 14th best odds at plus 1200 if anybody wants to take me up on that i've got at the 11 for myself paul and then at the 12 dom yeah okay if you don't want to take this seriously joe that's fine i'm just being honest i mean the stats don't lie you guys have uh, been eight your luck's gonna run out like you say positive regression you guys have all the po- have all the points positive regression's a good thing yeah, for us, for us fantasy owners, because you've been getting lucky the last eight years, the both of you. 
I mean, if I if I consistently put myself in the top eight and I make it so I'm three games away from a championship every year, hey, they're your odds, Joe. I'm not going to tell you how math works. So we'll, we're recorded now. We can always go back to this in a year from today, and we'll just – We'll just say who see who's closer. Right. I mean, I got mine written down. It's typed out. Well, I've got mine verbally, so everybody knows. All right. Well, we're at 32 minutes. I think we did a pretty good job here keeping it keeping it short and sweet. Um, I hope all you guys can listen to this on your uh, way into work or while you're sleeping in the office or whatever it is you guys do at work. Um, I guess uh, I got one plug for – my FanDuel Fantasy Football League, uh, we're expanding. We're always accepting new guys. We can get up to 20 guys. Uh, we're at 11 right now because i got to kick some kids out. But, uh, you know, that's another way that you can show your fantasy prowess. Uh, it's $100 buck buy in I know I've already got a couple guys in the league with us. Chris and Mike are in it. Uh, Anthony's also with us. Sammy. Uh Johnny Cat even plays a little fan duel with us, so it's always a good time. Very cool. Um, you want to thank any of our sponsors today, Joe? No, I'm okay. No sponsors today. No sponsors? Uh, I don't have any sponsors. I mean, I have a Bud Light and some Skull Pouches with me, so I'll thank them. They made this podcast more enjoyable. Hell yeah. But... Till next time, like Joe said, and you guys ever got a you know proposal or an idea or something you want to say, you know the podcast is always open. We'd love to have you. So, till next time, till draft, till the Kentucky Derby, whatever it is, we'll see you guys there. God bless. Bless you guys. Peace.